This morning, this evening, I want to speak to you about vision. You know, um, we're a vision-driven ministry. You know, we, we um, our founder, we started on vision, and we hear a lot about vision. You know, and that's what, that's what motivates us. That's what keeps us is our vision. Without our vision, because we have a unique vision, and you heard our vision is to, to reach drug addicts, to reach people, reach lost people, to go places that most people wouldn't go. And our, our ministry has a vision to, to reach us. If it wasn't for our unique, our unique vision, many of us would not be here today. And it's because of that vision that I am here today. And so what I want to speak about, like I said, is vision. And I was wondering, what is vision? So I went to my reliable source, Merriam Webster. You guys who know who Merriam is? And she said, or he, whatever one it is, said something that you imagine, a picture that you see in your mind, something that you see or dream, especially part of a supernatural experience. Amen? How many of you have had a supernatural experience? Most of us, amen? Most of us had our supernatural experience when we got saved. When we got saved and God began to do something in our lives, then that supernatural experience happened to us. God began to speak to us in a way that sometimes he, we, don't, we don't allow him to speak to us again because sometimes we get off track of our vision. Amen? Amen. Okay. So today, I want to speak about vision. And I want you to turn to Philippians 3.14. Man, I was confident. Say amen when you get to, I had it all down, and then all of a sudden, yeah. But that's all right. I got this. Amen? Amen. It was hot up here. Amen. You everyone there? <laughs> Philippians 3.14 says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead? I press on towards the prize for which God has called me heavenly word in Christ Jesus. This was Paul speaking. And Paul had something to live for. And yes, as Paul lived his life, he, he lived for the day. He lived day by day. He lived in the day. But he was always looking towards the future. Paul was always looking towards tomorrow. How can I take this vision that God has given me? How can I take his word and go farther. He had a vision and he had a goal. Amen? And everybody needs a vision. Everyone needs a vision. We all need a vision. We need a vision for, for our life. We need a vision for our family. We need a vision for our marriage. We need a vision for our ministry. And, to, and as we look at the vision we have for Victory Outreach, yes, we have a huge vision. Our vision is to reach the world. We have a global vision, but we also have a local vision. And that's to reach our city. But then we also have a personal vision. That's the vision that God gave us. That's the vision that we have to reach our families, to, to, to reach our children, to do things within ourselves. Because if, we don't, if we're not able to grasp the vision that we have for ourselves, then the local vision and the global vision aren't going to get achieved by us because we're not able to fulfill the vision God has given us. Amen? Helen Keller says, the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but no vision. 
That's what she said. And this, she was a blind and deaf teacher. She was the first blind and deaf person to ever achieve a, a, a bachelor's in the arts, a bachelor's in the arts of science. She was an educated person, but she was blind and she was deaf. So she was saying that to have sight and to have no vision was a really bad thing. So this evening, I want to share with you what are the benefits of having a vision. Amen? Amen. The first is a vision gives us a sense of purpose. We got to always have a sense of purpose. What in the vision gives us a sense of purpose. People can achieve amazing things when they have a sense of purpose. I'm going to have a story that I found here. and It's about a father and his son. It's about a father named Richard and his son, Rick Hope. Our father and son team from Massachusetts who together complete, compete continuously in marathon races. And if they're not in a marathon race, they are in a triathlon. That's 26.2 miles of running. That's a lot of running, huh? Whew. And 112 miles of bicycling and 2.24 miles of swimming. Together, they have climbed mountains and once trekked 3,735 miles across America. Amazing when you realize that when they first started, Richard the father couldn't swim. Hadn't ridden a bike since he was six years old. Even more amazing when you realize Rick the son was born with an umbilical cord around his neck. And he could neither speak nor walk. Richard is now 65, and they still complete regularly, as they have done for the past 25 years. What gives Richard such an amazing ability to sacrifice for his son? No doubt, it's the love of a grateful father, of a loving father. But it's also because he has a purpose. He has a purpose to get up every morning and make sure that his son has something to live for. Because I'm sure, just like many of us, his son was told, he was told that his son was never going to amount to nothing. That his son was going to be a vegetable because he couldn't talk, he couldn't walk, he couldn't speak. But because the father had a purpose and he got up and he sacrificed and he did and he achieved what he needed to do. You see, the vision of Victory Outreach has inspired and instilled within me a desire to fulfill my potential in life. That's what it has done with me. And, it, and it's given me a purpose, and I have a belonging. I have a belonging. Now I, have, I belong to a place, I belong to a ministry that has a vision that not only for me personally, but it gives me something to grow for. It gives me something to strive for. In Ephesians 1.18, it says, The eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know is the hope of his calling, which are the riches of his glory. You see, each and every one of us have a calling. Each and every one of us have a calling. You see, God didn't put me on this earth to be a gang member. He didn't put me on this earth to be a drug addict. He didn't put me on this earth. He didn't put me here in this ministry just to bide my time and just to hang out. He has a plan and a purpose for me, and he wants to fulfill it in our lives. And I believe in my heart that if, if Jesus Christ 
went through so much trouble to die for our sins and to give his life and to sacrifice and to put a calling and to raise up this ministry that he wants us to fulfill everything that he has for us. And I know that. I know that now today. And I know that Victory Outreach is exactly where God has for me to be. This is exactly the church that I'm supposed to be in. I know you hear sometimes about people saying, well, I'm not here. I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to be. I don't know if it's where I'm supposed called to be. But as I remember, I reading the other day, and it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, it says, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He has placed each and every one of us exactly where he wants us to be. And if we're here in Victory Outreach, if we're here in the church of the heart of the bay, then this is exactly where he wants us to be. This is the exact place that he wanted me to come. This is the exact place that he wanted me to come and to be grown up in and to be raised in and to be developed in and to be trained in. And this is the same church that he chose for me to be sent out in. And he chose me to be go to the South Africa. He chose me and my wife to go there and to be a part of a God-given vision that he's put in my heart. And it is the same vision that gives me the fire, that gives me the desire to get up every morning. It is what gives me my purpose because I know today that even though, like Paul said, I forget what's behind me and I got to start worrying about, start straining towards what God has called me to do. I can't worry about what I used to be or who I used to be. I have to worry about what God has for me today. And it's the same way with each and every one of us today. We got to quit worrying about what happened yesterday and how things were yesterday because we have to start worrying about fulfilling the calling God has in our lives today. Amen? You see, the purpose of the vision gives us something to aim for. I like what Michelangelo said. Michelangelo said the greatest danger for most is not that our aim is too high and that we miss it, but it's too low and we achieve it. See, many of us, we don't want to aim up here because we don't think we can achieve it. We don't think we can make it. So we want to aim right here where it's normal, where it's comfortable, where it's able. You know, I began to, when I first went to South Africa, I, I was intimidated. But then since I've been here and I've been listening, I've been getting fed and I've been getting nourished, I begin to realize that South Africa is exactly where God wants me to be. Exactly where God wants me to be. Yes, I began to look at it as a privilege because now I'm in a place where, where God put me, where God placed me. Because this is like, like I remember when Greg spoke that message about the lost coin, that now I've been put in my place. I've been put where I'm supposed to be. And that's in South Africa. Yes, some of these men may be in ministry longer. Yes, some of these men may be doing certain things longer than I am. But whatever I have inside of me, God knows that that's what they need. And you have to know the same thing today. 
Some of you may not be getting involved in ministry. Some of you may not be getting involved in certain things because you don't think you're ready for it or you don't think that this is what God has called you to do. But God has called you and God has a purpose. Number two, a vision keeps us on track. <clears throat> you see, fear can work for you or it can destroy you. Sometimes fear can do that. You see, fear comes in and it tries to cloud our vision. It comes in and it tries to tell me I'm not good enough to fulfill the work God has called me to do. Is that just me? Or have you been there at times? Have you been there? You see, I began to think about Joshua when God told him, have I not commanded you be strong, courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. As I began to think about that, those are some powerful words when you think about them. He's, God is saying that's, that's the word of God that God is giving to us. That's the Logos word. It means that it's for all of us. We can all accept that word, that God will be with us wherever we go. Can you imagine that? It doesn't matter how thing, hard things get. It doesn't matter how desperate we get. It doesn't matter how things come against us. We have to know in our heart, we have to believe in our soul, we have to believe in our spirit that God is always with us. And once I began to, to focus on that, once I began to focus on God's promise that he gave us as a ministry, in Isaiah 45, 2 and 3, I remember that I was a treasure in darkness. I remember that I was lost and that I was bound. See, but today he is using me to be a part of a team of men and women to settle in desolate cities. And I know that God can use this little fat boy from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, this little fat boy to fulfill his vision. You see, I can say that because, see, most of you guys, most people, they were, they were skinny, then they got fluffy. You know what I mean? See, they were skinny. You see pictures of them, and they were like, whoa. But me, I've always been fluffy, baby. I've always been fluffy. You know what I mean? Pillsbury Doughboy ain't got nothing on me. You know, I'm the original Heavy D. Come on now. You see, once I begin, and I begin to tell fear that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that God will be with me wherever I go, that the Lord is my shepherd and I will fear no evil, because when I begin to allow fear to become bigger than my vision, I get off track. Every time. We must keep our vision bigger than our fear. And once I did that, it began to change my attitude. You see, I believe that fear is a matter of attitude. Charles Swindell said, when you have a vision, it affects your attitude. Your attitude is optimistic rather than pessimistic. You see, once I began to allow the vision to take hold of my life, once I allowed the vision to take hold of my soul, then I began to look at things optimistically. I began to believe that I can do everything that God has called me to do. And I didn't have to walk in fear no more. I didn't have to worry about this. I didn't have to worry about that. And I stayed on track. 
Amen? Amen. Next, the vision. It keeps us motivated. I hear about people all the time losing their motivation. They lose their motivation to pray. They lose their motivation to read their word. Some people even lose their motivation to live. You hear about it all the time. Motivation is so important. So how do we keep it? Well, I looked, I looked at the Apostle Paul as a prime example. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul tells us that he was whipped by the Jews five times. He was beaten with rods three times, stoned once, shipwrecked three times, often in prison, hungry, thirsty, sometimes cold, sometimes naked, living in constant danger. Man. Why? Because he preached the gospel. If anybody was tempted to give up, it must have been Paul. He stayed motivated because he was able to look back when the Lord gave him a purpose and gave him a vision for his life. That's what kept him going. Because he remembered who he was before and he remembered when God put that vision in his life. And he remembered that God was going to fulfill that vision and that's what kept him motivated. That's what kept him going. Amen? He could look back to when the Lord knocked him off his high horse on the road to Damascus and called him for his purpose. In Galatians 1.15, it says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. So strong was the call to preach the gospel, Paul said, Woe is me if I do not preach this gospel. You got to remember I've learned that preaching the gospel isn't always with words. I remember a preacher once saying that the best preaching we ever do, a word is never spoken. It's done with our lives, how we live, how we talk, how we act. Because words today, they're like a dime a dozen. People always want to talk the talk, but they don't want to walk the walk. Amen? We must remember this one thing. A man without a future will always return to his past. I learned that in my lifetime. I never had a future before. I never had a future. All the times that I would go in and out of jail, in and out of prison, I had them famous words. When I get out, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that. I'm not coming back here. I'm not coming back there. I never had a future. I never had a, a real reason to get out. And because I didn't have a future, because I didn't have a plan, and things didn't work out, I always resorted back to what I knew best. And I always went back to where I ended up. You see, the vision must keep us motivated. The vision, the personal vision, the vision for your life, the vision to succeed, the vision to, to take this city for the honor and glory of Jesus Christ, the vision to one day, maybe some of you are called to be a missionary. Some of, some of you are called to go to the other side of the world. I don't know what the vision is God has given you, but whatever that vision is, it has to keep you motivated. Whatever that vision is, it has to keep you going. Amen? Amen. Lastly, 
Don't let the past determine your future. I don't know if any of you are fishermen in here. I know Toby is and a couple of you others. So this is about a fish. If you put a walleye pike into an aquarium with minnows, it will eat them. Put a sheet of glass between the pike and the minnows, and the pike will charge them and bounce off the glass. Gradually, the pike will charge more slowly and less often until it finally comes to the conclusion that the minnows are out of reach. Remove the glass, and the pike will starve to death with its favorite food swimming around it. It has given up. Too often, we allow our experience to decide exactly how we will achieve our future. Too often, we allow what happened to us yesterday determine what we're going to do tomorrow. You see? There's another illustration I want to give you as AJ comes to the piano. <clears throat> There's a branch of math called possibilities. Amen? If you took a coin, not a trick coin, and flipped it a hundred times in a row, it would turn up heads. What are the chances it will turn up heads the next time too? Some people think one in a gazillion, one in a billion. But the probability is still one in two. Do you know why? Because the coin can't remember what it did the last time. The coin's future doesn't determine by its past. You see, we need to give ourselves a chance to succeed for future and fulfill God's vision for our lives. We do that by what Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind us and reaching forward toward the God-given vision that he has put in our hearts. Many of us here today, God has placed visions in our hearts. God has placed a calling in your life. Maybe it was many years ago. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe you've made some mistakes since then. Maybe a lot of things have happened in your life since then. And the vision has gotten dim. And the calling is, seems too far out of reach. Seems like you can't achieve it anymore. But you got to remember, call, God's callings are irrevocable. God's callings are never going to change. The vision and the call is still there. He's just waiting for you to get up and go achieve it. He's just waiting for us to do what he called us to do. Amen? Daniel said in 1132, he tells us that people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. We need to find, you need to find the vision for your life today. You need to find the vision for your life today. This month is prayer month. This is a time when you need to go to God and ask God, what is it that I'm supposed to do? What is it that you want to achieve in my life? And as he begins to tell you what it is, then begin to achieve that vision. Begin to achieve that calling. Begin to walk in it. Begin to talk about it. Begin to believe it. Because it's not man. 
finally realize what God has called you to do and you accept it in your heart, then you walk with a new pep in your step. The devil can't lie to you as much. You begin to believe in yourself. Because we got to remember where we come from is not nearly as important as where we're going. It's not nearly as important as where we're going. And as you think about where we come from, not only as people, individuals, but as you think about where we come from as a church here in the heart of the Bay, we come from a long way. We come from a long way. We've been over some rumps, bumps, and we've been over some hills, and we've been in some valleys. But today, if we stop and we look where we're at, we're getting back on track. We're getting back motivated. We got a pastor back. We're now here. We were, we were once in a building over there that was cold in the wintertime, hot in the summertime. And then he moved us to Paradise Hall. It was a beautiful place. And now he's moved us here. And it's easy to get comfortable here because it's big and it's beautiful. And we think like, hey, this is the right place for us. We finally reached home. But this ain't home because this ain't ours. God has something for us. He has a vision for victory outreach in the heart of the bay. He has a vision for us to take this city for Jesus, to be, a, to be a force that the devil must reckon with. But the only way that's going to happen is if we step into our vision, if we step into our calling, and we begin to do what we're called to do, we begin to walk like we're supposed to walk. Men in the men's home, you're not there just because it's a home. You're there because you're the heart of this ministry. That's what makes us unique is our home. Those of you that are graduating right now, God has raised up a mighty couple to take you to the next level. And they're going to pour into you all the things that they have. And you're going to begin to grab a hold of this vision. So tonight, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how you feel. But if somehow or some way, you have been encouraged by this message. Maybe your vision has gone dim. Maybe for whatever, you've allowed circumstances to, to kind of distract you. Maybe certain things, your job, I don't know, may have got you off track. Maybe for somehow you, you, you allow the devil to lie to you. You allow fear to come in and think that you couldn't do all the things you could do. Maybe you messed up so bad and you think, man, I can't never get back in. said he took the foolish things and I'm one of the most foolishest things there is but if God could use me if God could use me to be where I'm at today then he can use you so I encourage you today I encourage you tonight to come to this altar 